is it's time for another episode. We've made everyone wait. Uh, I guess three weeks. Uh, wow. Two two two, true. two 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 weeks of not episode and then and then episode. So three weeks. Yeah. Because of that, because of that, I think we've uh, we've got a lot to cover. We've got a lot to talk about. I we're, know there's a lot we're of both bursting at the seams. We really are. We're we're ballooning, as they yeah, say. Right. Um. So the thing at the top of the show that I guess we should really get into. Let's just you know norm- normally we just kind of like fiddle around and talk about a bunch of kind of dumb yeah, stuff. Yeah, we play. We you know, we play I'm like. In kind of a dog. Yeah, something like that. But no, we're we're very what I what I saw when I opened the show notes this this morning or this afternoon was a heading that says Andrew, comma, don't read this. This and is I gonna be tempted, a big deal. But I have not. We're just gonna start off the show with a I'm big old mm. Um so Andrew, how's your chair? You know, it's 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 okay. Um mm-hmm. but I guess I kind of wish that I had sprung for like an Aeron in hindsight. Fatality. Yeah, this that's one. What everyone, that's this what everyone one, wanted to know. Right. This one. Th- this chair is very lightweight, uh, which is helpful for shipping and getting it into my house. But as a result, it also feels rather flimsy. And and this oh, week when I've been that. sitting on it, it feels like uh, the seat is leaning in in a particular direction ever so you slightly. Feel but it's, like something could buckle or lean or uh, fall yes, or break. Exactly. But I think because this chair is largely made of plastic rather than metal, that is, uh, you know, things are just stretching out. And could and, it be melting from the heat of your your uh, extremely large? That's a good question. Booty? I do have a very uh, no um, <laughs> a very a very juicy. But high temperature. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the way that I'm sitting on it that I'm like stressing one side more than the other. I don't think I am. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm leaning as I sit. But yeah, I don't well, know. You're you're, we'll you're, you're the one doing the weird sitting sideways thing. Uh, I still can't get over. Yeah, that. that's true. So um, maybe that maybe you got to switch the side that you're doing. No, I haven't on. been doing that a whole lot. I've been sitting on it normally, but you know, I like cross my legs and uncross them, and maybe it's that I've been crossing my legs on a particular side more than the others or something. Hmm. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, I wish may, maybe my job will will give us money for home office stuff, and then I can buy a nice chair. Wouldn't that be nice? That they would be did, nice. They did extend our work from home period until next June. So, see, that's a. That's a good indicator, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. People who are like, oh, I just can't wait. They, like, they did that, but then they also said, again. they said, okay, you have to work from home until next June, but also you can't take any office furniture from the, the office home. Yeah. The, I mean, you can, I get it. You can take a monitor uh, as long as you get like a little signed pass, but you can't take a chair, which I thought was interesting. I mean, to be fair. Uh, a chair is a lot harder to carry through the doors than a monitor, but um, you know, I don't know. It's like, hey, if I'm gonna be doing this for a while, mm-hmm. I think the thing is they haven't yet figured out if they're gonna let people work from home in perpetuity. But oh. yeah, oh. they've done the uh, "we see you, we hear you." Um, they want you to have a chair to come back to. They, they right, don't exactly, want to give up yeah. that leverage. Because a lot right. of people be like, well, why come back? I already got my chair here. Well, here's the thing. If 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 they were going to let people take chairs, they'd want to track it for like tax purposes or whatever, I assume. And they don't have a regime to do that yet. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't have assets. Like, oh, this chair, we, chair. We get to write this chair down and then you have to write it in as imputed income or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Business is strange. Here's your, here's your chair and your tax form that comes with it. <laughs> you get like a 1099 dash seat or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Anyway. Um, speaking of, uh, of, of the season, the season, it's, uh, you have an announcement. It's apple season. It's Get apple it, season Joe. bunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here, here in Michigan, we have apple season, which starts Look at in this. September. It's pretty great. Yeah. It involves, um, lots of apple cider, lots of caramel apples and lots of apple cider donuts. Uh, I always know. It's funny. I know apple season hits because I open up Instagram and it's like, it's just, it's like my whole pictures of feed. people with plastic cups with brown liquid. It's just in it. like, e, e, uh, e, 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 e. <laughs> but like apple, 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 right. apple, apple, apple. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just, everyone's in sweaters and they're talking about apple cider donuts, which to me, I've never had. I've never seen so, them in the wild. So an apple cider donut is essentially, this is the thing. It, it's not really that apple cidery. I, I I guess there's a little bit of apple cider that goes into the mix, but it's mostly a cinnamon sugar donut, like a, a sugar, cinnamon sugar yeast donut. Yeah. That you have with apple cider. Um, you know what I have? Either an cold interesting... or warm. Warm apple cider on a chilly fall morning is a it's delight. It's quite nice. Yeah. It's quite nice. Yeah. The thi- the, you know what's good? You put a little little bit of butter in it. Mm, uh, I know mm-hmm. that's kind of weird, but the, it, it's We good. call that bulletproof cider. Bulletproof cider. <laughs> <laughs> the, mm. I, I realized the other day when people were, because, you know, it's that time of year and the pumpkin spice wars have come, come upon us and yeah, the yeah. debates about what is pumpkin spice. But, well, there's no pumpkin in it. And I just this realized, is, like. This is the thing the, for me. You know, yeah. I'm not a pumpkin spice partisan i'm an apple cider partisan I, i'm firmly yeah. th- there are two there are two wolves inside of you as it were <laughs> i i just realized like how absurd these kind of debates must look to someone from a country like india where like everything is spiced right yeah so like to white and boring americans for, it's for a, a special of, time of year where you finally add spices right to for a things. period of three months we finally start putting uh spices flavor. and things yeah flavor <laughs> we, we get all the, we go why, all out for it that's why all these basic white people get so excited about autumn because they can finally taste things yeah now <laughs> another thing that's good is spiced cider if you get some mulling spices yeah. in there very tasty yeah I, i've had that see that's when i've had it with butter but uh and yeah it's like a so it's like a whole thing anyhow i have already started partaking in apple season went to a um a, an orchard uh a, last week um with my mother and we both got caramel apples and i think my caramel apple um was covered in a layer of layer of caramel that was like a third of an inch thick it was outrageous <laughs> it really, it I, really I, was insane. I, sp- I spent like 10 minutes chewing each bite because it was just like <laughs> 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 at I some point like, i had to I give s- up because my jaw hurt i was like i cannot <laughs> whenever i see a caramel apple that's like what i think like i feel like a. Like, am I going to have any of the dental work that's happened in my teeth anymore after this? Yeah, Is it all just going to yeah. go away? <laughs> I think the strategy might be to instead, you know, chop the apple up into wedges and have it yes. have it with some warmed caramel that you're dipping it in. And that's that's. The, yeah, I think that's the S- ideal. But I do like a, of- I do like a caramel apple on a stick. Speaking of strategy, we have a an update that I found something that kind of blew my mind after um you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but there's a bit of a controversy uh a while ago about if you break your pasta or not and some of us mm-hmm. um are heathens and we break our pasta <laughs> and some of us are not and we do it as God intended. Um but wait, wait now a 
<laughs> I found that Berea. Here, I'm has... over here with my pasta like. Now, why is it so wet? Am, am I right? Just chilling over here with my pasta in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> Berea has uh, half cut spaghetti. Pronto. Pronto. <laughs> yeah, half cut spaghetti. Um, the, One pan, uh, no strainer. <laughs> I, I did get this once, once, yeah. and I want to be clear, I got this once, I think because they were out of the normal spaghetti. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the theory of this, too, is that you are meant to just make it in the pan, and then, yeah. and then it, like, evaporates away, you don't need to strain it, and then you just put the sauce in, I guess, which is, um, not, not a, not a, a, a workflow that I endorse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've kind of done that with stuff in it and it can work, but yeah. Um Yeah. It's I little... do that with macaroni and cheese because then you get the starch uh, mm. and you utilize that. But sure. The the thing the thing is that this is uh, an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that we're going to concede to these to these reprobates. It's just <laughs> funny because the description says Buria Pronto is a delicious one pan pasta that is ready from pan to plate in ten minutes. No straining required. And I just want to say that all pastas can be made to be one pan pasta. Just put enough to fill the pan. <laughs> I just love the phrase for pan to plate. That's pan to plate, <laughs> yeah. As if, That's as if the good. other pasta comes from somewhere other than a pan. This pasta comes from a cow. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want your pasta to come from a pot to a plate, Excuse would you? Me? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> the quintessential. Wait, I'm sorry. One moment. <laughs> There's just some, the marketing copy on this. The quintessential Italian pasta shape. The word spaghetti comes from the Italian word spaghi, which means length of cord. Thank you, Berea. I was not curious to know about that, but I appreciate you making me aware of that fact. <laughs> yeah, you well, you got you got to this is like collector's oh, cards, you know, you got to collect them all mm. so you know all the pasta information. Yeah, I just have each each knowledge. box of the different kind of Berea pastas yes. on my pantry shelf. Yes. <laughs> I think I will have the fettuccine today. You know, like people people who have like Funko Pops right. in the boxes, <laughs> like in shelves in their house. You walk into your house and it's just pasta box. Fun Funko Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. This is this is my box of the SpongeBob SquarePants shaped macaroni and cheese. Okay. <laughs> All right. You have an important, uh, you have an important, what do we call this, an adjuration? Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of like trying to suss out our different verticals and our different mm -hmm. uh, sections. We have, or we like have what things we that we aim to explain or understand, and then we have other things that we are simply demanding. <laughs> we're just, this is just a demand. Yeah. And I make it full of passion and 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 fervent uh, anger. Fer ferment. Uh <laughs> <laughs> This is there's just this thing that happens where everyone picks up on it. It's like a it's like a virus. It's like a meme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. That people pick up on misspeaking something or using an, a word in a very weird and dumb way. Yeah, yeah. But like since saying, they hear other uh, people who they like do it, they just parrot it without even thinking about what it actually means. Right. It's like saying for all intensive purposes, which is yeah. not a meaningful phrase. Yeah, and it will just never go away because so many people have been saying it so long. Right. And it's just so annoying to me. And I know I'm trying not to be one of these like language pedants, but like Fox. this one really bothers me <laughs> because because it involves a process that I deeply care about. Okay. Yes. People say 
fermenting when they mean fomenting. Mm, yeah, so like, like f- fermenting unrest. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, funny because those two things mean the op. Like if you're fermenting unrest, that implies that it's going to take quite a long time. Yeah, that, that implies <laughs> that it's like a slow bacterial process. Right, yeah. That's in the dark. I have, and to, I have to go check on the unrest and burp it. Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> Make sure you get the correct kind of carboy for your fermenting right, yeah. unrest. Like, it's just so dumb. Yeah. But everyone's doing it. Even intelli- like very intelligent people who are like much smarter than me on mm-hmm. podcasts. And it's it's almost like I can't go a day without someone on a podcast using misusing. It's interesting because this. this is one of those things that once you notice it, you start noticing it everywhere and then you can't escape it. It becomes your sort of personal curse. You're welcome. Uh, That's what I'm here for. I'm just like yeah. spreading the you, curse. It becomes to all the of you. boulder that you must roll up the mountain. <laughs> and I'm sick of doing it alone. I feel yeah. like nobody, like every time it happens, I'm like, is, is somebody going to correct this person? Is is nobody going to speak up on behalf of uh, lactobacillus mean, uh, fermenting? Foment rather than ferment. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. I think it just gets to me, like I said, because I care so much about fermenting. Right. I had kimchi rice this morning with kimchi that I fermented. Mm, very it, good. It's, very good. It's very near yeah. and dear to my heart. Yeah. So, well, what we're going to uh, do is we're going to lacto ferment some unrest. <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, what so I don't sp- like. Speaking of smart people, uh, brain geniuses, um, <laughs> you're time. aware of the Dilbert uh, cartoon product. Um, possibly the most boring cartoon comic that is no. in the comic section. Um, oh yeah, written by a man named Scott Adams, who is a brain genius. I think he's claimed e- this before. E- I'm pretty. E- 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 <laughs> he's absolutely one of the guys who has posted about his IQ in the past. Um, but he has some thoughts <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. He says, "I wonder if BLM knows Antifa was allied with Hitler and helped him come to power." And then in a later tweet, he says, fact check this. The original Antifa was allied in, with Hitler in defeating the Weimar Republic. That did not work out for Antifa as Hitler eliminated them before going on to do more Hitler stuff. Um, <laughs> Love to do Hitler stuff. Yeah, I d- You know just, what? Uh, if you're going to do Hitler, Hitler stuff, stuff it, it makes a lot of sense for your name to be Hitler. Like, I don't know why his parents named him Hitler because he's just going to go and do Hitler stuff. Yeah, you know, really just poor forethought on their part. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, this is, um, in fact, uh, also later on, I'm going to add this to the notes real quick. There was another guy. I, I don't know who this is, but his tweet went viral. Oh, I'm, he's an entrepreneur, activist, investor, and CEO at yukosocial.com. This guy named Michael Cowdery tweeted, Hitler's Germany had the anti-fascist action group that violently assaulted the political oppos- opposition and orchestrated terrorism. They are exactly the same, created for the same purpose. Democrats love using Hitler's racist playbook to accumulate power and control. And he has taken a screenshot of the uh, anti-fascist action um, Wikipedia article. Just like the yeah. first opening part of it, and he's highlighted Antifa and 1932 to 1933, which is a really remarkable omission. To, to, it's, I wonder what happened in 1933, uh, and I got this was just so dumb that I did retweet it. I, I, I broke the never tweet. Well, I retweeted it. I said, keep reading the rest of the article, buddy. Uh, you may be surprised what you find out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this well, and also he quote tweeted, this is a quote tweet of an earlier tweet where he said, Amtifa and BLM are this generation's Hitler youth. 
Um, so we're just we're on completely normal ones where we I don't know just don't do the research at all and then make bold pronouncements. You just it, what's hard is it's hard to determine. I mean, you know, with someone like Scott Adams, it's because they're dumb, but right. it's hard to determine in isolation whether these people just didn't read the thing. They just saw what they wanted to see and were like, "Yep, confirmed," or that they really are just being this big of a troll you know what i mean mm-hmm. like or they just know people are so stupid that they'll share their dumb their right. dumb t- it's hard to tell it's very hard to tell but just so people are not confused mm-hmm. <laughs> antifa was literally anti-fascist yeah who were against hitler that's why they started yeah they were against now, Nazism. There is a kernel of truth in the fact that the Communist Party of Germany, which which of which Antifa was sort of affiliated with, um, mm-hmm. was no fan of the Weimar Republic and also wanted to see it disestablished. But the idea that they were allied with Hitler in any way. That they wanted to do it through through Hitler and yeah. through Nazism. Right. <laughs> um yeah i mean this is this is just silly uh it's it's just i don't know i was going to explain the history of antifa a little bit but we've pretty much covered it i mean that's really all you need to know (laughs) it's not there's a lot of more interesting history if you if you care to learn about it but uh apparently these folks didn't yeah i i I definitely if you want to learn more like i've said many times on this show read mark bray's Antifa and anti-fascist handbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it covers the history of anti-fascism, and it is extremely good and eye-opening. Um, another, speaking of eye-opening, and I guess this kind of gets to the thing where you don't know if these people are <laughs> real or serious or dumb or disingenuous. It's like hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jacobin Megan Day reported. Um, about uh, about finding out that you know in California there's this Prop 22, mm-hmm. which is in California we had we passed AB5, which is an assembly bill that basically reclassified, or or it basically said you know all these companies that are not properly classifying their workers as like employees instead yeah. of contract workers, basically covering need- all these gig worker type folks from Uber and right. Lyft, but it, also like it, DoorDash and the like. Yeah, and it did some other, for some other industries too, and but it was just trying to like clean up the law because there was some controversy over it, and there were companies that take advantage of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, it, it, DoorDash, Lyft, Uber, Instacart, these companies, they, their whole business model is basically misclassifying their workers as contractors and and not actually having workers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like. And then they're they're taking the the savings and that's profit for them. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like undercutting traditional services that way. Well, obviously that is not that does not redound to the benefit of the workers. Um and it creates basically a whole subclass of workers, which is like the against the point of all of the labor laws that we have <laughs> mm-hmm. they're they're just skirting labor laws is their whole thing so they they refused to and we talked about this before so i don't want to rehash this too much but like basically they've been fighting this and so it came to a point where they're only the only thing they could do is to get a ballot measure on the ballot for this november right to to like undo ab5 for yeah. them it must be nice for them that they have enough money to like pay people to get like gullible folks to sign a petition to get a ballot measure on 
Yeah. Because if you do, yeah, you know, that, if you have enough money and you have enough people out there with clipboards, you can get people to sign, you know, like, hey, do you want to sign this petition? People are like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because anyway. it's not even a petition for it to happen. It's just a petition so that we can vote on it. And you care about voting, right? You care about yeah. democracy. So that that's what they do. Um, and so their, their Prop 22 would overturn this AB5 law. Mm-hmm. Um, now what they're doing is they're, they're run they're hired this, uh, firm to, to help them in their campaign to get prop 22 passed. And the, the PR firm is basically, they've discovered that what it's doing is it's, it's, uh, doing targeted harassment online. Oh, cool. Among other things. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's literally like, um, it, it's. It's targeting people who said like, you know, there's like a scholar or an academic or somebody who said something negative about Prop 22 in the media and they just come after them online and get get a, people to harass them um, mm-hmm. the, or they dox them, you know, yeah. or they put them into compromising position. And this is like. Um, yeah, it says I, this consultancy that they're employing has filed public records requests to get information about their opponents, basically, and all sorts of things crazy. like this. And what's nuts, and I heard Megan Day talking about on a um on another podcast just today, uh, kind of about this. Like her big question is, and it kind of goes on in the article to insinuate this, but I think we're, there will be more forthcoming. Like the this firm didn't just pop up out of nowhere to do it for this one time, but right. this is the first time it got discovered. How long have they been doing this? Yeah, yeah. I want to see their like uh, their their website where their portfolio is. Like, uh, here's other harassment campaigns we've successfully <laughs> led. They advertise what they do. Yeah, the the and the we, funny we have thing over ten years that, of experience in psyoping people. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that they're, and this is a, a very important distinction. It's not like a troll farm that goes out and trolls. What they do is they understand the nature of online discourse is so screwed up mm-hmm. that and and people people are so easy to manipulate into fighting their battles that they just basically trick people into joining a big argument for them about somebody because right. everyone's so eager to dogpile, you know? Yeah. So so it's pretty fascinating how like they basically manufacture uh <laughs> all of this all of this uh, controversy and all of this fighting against against their chosen targets mm-hmm. for purposes of getting this law passed. It's it's quite astounding. Yeah. So that's the world we live in and it really makes you question like everything you've seen online. Yeah. It makes you question a lot of the the cancellations as they're called, you know, which mm-hmm. we we hate the term. Yeah. <laughs> um as people who are, who are who have been canceled many times, you know. Mm-hmm. And and will be. Right. Um Yeah. But it's just it really does it does give you pause to be like let's think about the stuff we see online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's before we join the big fracas uh yeah. maybe something to consider i don't know mm-hmm. who we got an ad this time for the ad yeah i think this ad you know this was for our supposed to be for our show a couple weeks ago but obviously uh that didn't happen but you know we still I have the they, ad so i hope still, it's still you know relevant. they still paid us so we have to do it right yeah 
This this uh, this week's show is sponsored by. Let me get. Oh, crap. See the papers are really buried here. Mm. Okay. This week we're sponsored by the Obama Foundation. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, at the Obama Foundation, we strive to re- redirect workers' fury away from labor action or protest and into productive actions such as social media influencing, get out the vote, and raising awareness through mobilizing awareness. Mm. That doesn't... Wait, does that make sense? I love I'm reading to, the copy. Raising, yeah. Well, you know, the important thing is increasing awareness. Love to increase awareness. And the, the not important thing is that you should definitely not withhold your labor. That's... uh. Well, firstly, it's rude. Um. And secondly, it's it's yeah. it hurts it. You know, honestly, it hurts you. It's gen. It's genuinely divisive. And in, in this time in our country, is that really what yeah. we want? Do you really want to add to the divisiveness? Of Do the we country? really want to add to the divide the, between you want to you want to you want to increase the, the division? Because <laughs> that's on you. Right. Yeah. I think you should listen, you know, uh, when when they go low, we go high. I think, you know, you should uh, just complain to HR or something and they'll take yeah. care of it. Yeah. Just uh, f- file file a grievance with the mods. But it's important, you know, that you take it's important that you take uh, all the concerns that you have and you vote. That's really the most important thing. That's really where you should funnel all of your energy. Yeah. is into one momentary definitely out box. of out of here and this this company this enterprise and to <laughs> voting a, th- a thing which has consequences and so we things. so we hear yeah so we hear so we believe right that's what they anyway tell us. uh the obama foundation <laughs> yes you can <laughs> yes you can go back to work <laughs> we got him <laughs> so um the rest of this show we're gonna get canceled for so i just want to put it up there yeah well um, and also this we're, we're now entering the topical portion of the show in which yeah. we address recent events that have been occurring not not with us in particular i i realized as i said that that it's gonna sound like we did <laughs> something that we like need to we address but no i i just mean the state of the <laughs> world on, right man. now because as as we record this, we are less than twenty four hours out from learning that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. So, uh, would be yeah. remiss to not mention that and discuss that a little bit. I think. And it's uh, there's it's going to be something that everyone's talking about this weekend and then the coming week. Yeah, I do um, feel bad adding to the discourse because it's not like it needs it, but uh, you know, <laughs> there's definitely enough. <laughs> Yeah, but I think we do. I think we both have some thoughts on it that may not be things you hear. Yeah. Um. So and I feel I, like that's what people come here for, right? Yeah. So I was this morning. I was in the showers thinking about you know the, the sort of the consequences of it, right? It's like, oh well, you know, the reason that this is so important is firstly because the Supreme Court is way more way more influential than it probably should be, um, and important. I don't know why yeah, our civil and rights hang and in the balance of nine uh, jerkwads, but they do. Um, and that's a take you've seen, you know, like your future should not rely on one single 80-something-year-old cancer right. patient lady. Like, <laughs> But the reason that the Republicans deeply care about it is because the Supreme Court and its lifetime appointments are basically the only hedge they have against demographic change um, and the fact that they're probably going to become democracy. unelectable soon. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, they obviously want to pack the court and they want to pack it with the youngest people they conceivably can because then that will allow them to cement their hold 
because then you can just appeal things all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will toss out whatever you don't like, whether it be like health care or. And you can use them as a sort of a, a club, you know, that you carry around behind your right, back. Like, yeah. Well, if you don't give us what we want, then they will absolutely sign off on your decisions to immiserate millions of people. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about that and, you know, it's like, well, you know, uh, so and it's, you know, because the Republicans will probably be unelectable in the next 20 to 30 years or whatever. And I was thinking of all. The, and then I just realized that none of this truly matters because we're all going to sink into the sea uh, sooner than that happens is the thing. <laughs> there's there's just this. It's it's just it, it's really funny. It's like it's like the the person like concerned with something they're like looking at a microscope at something on the ground like oh no there's a bug and then there's like a giant bear behind them that's gonna eat them yeah so it's like you know (laughs) people have been talking about oh are they gonna you know are the republic is the republican senate gonna try and appoint someone before the election or not and what is all the you know like fighting over that or whatever and it's like oh "Oh, well if they do she said don't and then this person and and it's like it gets us all tied up into this thing that we talked about, like at the beginning of this show, like three, se- two seasons ago, whatever, the, th- the first season, that like tactical framing has poisoned our minds. Mm-hmm. It, it, we, and it, it happens to all of us. It happens to me. It happens to you. But like we've been so taught by the, the media environment and the culture that we live in that we should immediately think in terms of tactics. Well, what does this mean for the tactics of this party? What does this mean? How will people perceive this? What, what will happen? But like, we don't think about the actual things that happen. We don't think about the actual systems of power. We don't think about what people are going to actually like, you know, the thought that the fact that there are people online last night who were like, RGB said, please don't appoint someone until the next president. Well, then, so what's what's Mitch McConnell going to do? What do you mean, what's he going to do? He doesn't care about what you think. Right. It, like, you, but you've gotten so tied up into this dramatization of reality that you can't interpret reality anymore. Yeah. Well, but, you know, my point is that there is no outcome of this. There's no outcome. It of, doesn't. There's no outcome of this fight over who's going to replace uh ginsburg there's no outcome of the election that will materially change or do anything to confront the actual biggest threat that we face which is climate change none of this is going to affect that and it doesn't matter you know it doesn't we can put you know a a liberal justice or a republican justice on the supreme court that's not going to affect the fact that florida is going to be subsumed by the rising tide you know (laughs) like the problem is that we just simply cannot confront the the actual threats to our existence frankly um and yeah. and i the, the problem here is that i think we're we've just been trained to think of climate change as a sort of long-term threat uh you know like but something that we have anymore. to handle eventually <laughs> but it's not it is it is yeah. here now and it is already wrecking things and uh frankly neither party seems to understand that or wants to do anything about it so um, that's where I'm at. I guess I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glitchified here where it's just like, it doesn't really, none of this, none of this matters to what actually ne- we need to do right now. Is well, thing. and tying up all of your energy, mental and physical and emotional into the things that aren't going to ultimately matter is, is a problem because when that happens on a mass scale, you see our, what happens with our frenzied inability to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, and I mean, I'm not trying to speak up on a high horse about this because for, for certain, I get tied up in it too. And, you know, but it's not an individual thing. It's, it's, it's something like as a group of people, as a society, as a culture, as people, you know, within our particular political alignment need to like realize and get, get certain about, mm-hmm. um, because like you said, you know, the argument and the argument that always will come up is, well, so you're saying it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if this is worse, you know, because Donald Trump, you think he's going to be any better than Joe Biden, at least Joe Biden. And it's like the fact that we're getting drawn into this. The, the ice caps are still going to melt at the same rate. <laughs> this debate between these little tiny differences that neither of them will affect the big problem is the issue. Yeah. Well, and also that's the, you know, you can spend a lot of energy about like, oh, well, we, you know, they shouldn't, um, they shouldn't appoint, uh, uh, someone until after the election or whatever, all this stuff. But like the actual problems are that the Supreme Court is sort of disproportionately influential and powerful, um, more so than it probably should be. And that lifetime appointments are dumb. And there's all these reforms that should be made, but are, are far more difficult to actually do. Um, yeah, and the, so the it's, it's easier to just get broken. distracted it's by not, sort of what's immediately available to us. The, the, the system cannot fix itself. No, yeah, it, I mean it's not going to happen. I'm just this is the, I'm just sort of waiting. I feel like our country will eventually collapse under the sort of weight of our institutions, our sort of technical debt, within like 50 years, because things will just cease to be able to function properly. Because a government that was constructed 250 years ago is not fit for purpose. And really, I would age. like to not, you know, yeah. I would like to not let's right. not. Yeah. How, how about if we did not Yeah. Huh? Huh guys? How about if we did not I think too. And this is why, this is why focusing on things like RGB, um, <laughs> RBG, RGB, <laughs> uh, that's why, why it's so detrimental because like, you're you're falling into this parasocial trap, which is something we've talked about recently too. But it mm-hmm. makes you feel more emotionally connected to a uh, very powerful rich lady in a black robe <laughs> yeah. than it does to like the people who literally live next door to you, the people who deliver your food, the people who who serve you, the people who keep your utilities running, the people at the hospital, the like the male people that like you become so much more emotionally invested in something that is so distant from you than in the things that you can actually influence and make better and right. impact in your real life. Yeah. And that is bad. That's I, bad. I, I mentioned that yesterday. I said, I, re- I resent that I, I have to sort of care about this because this is, uh, this has such consequential effects to everything because it's like, I have to worry about it, but I can also influence it in no way at all. And so, you know, it's like, I guess I'm just going to sit here and be stressed about it, you know? Which, that's not helpful. Right. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. And, like, it, it, this tweet from this this person uh, really opened my eyes to, like, what what's going on here, where they, they said, uh, hip underscore soccer underscore mom. Mm-hmm. It's inarguable that RBG was overwhelmingly a force for good. Mm-hmm. Usually, love a biting quip from the cynical leftists on here, but I'm realizing some of you guys just hate everyone and might not know how to feel empathy anymore. Like it's truly left your bones entirely. And the thing is, is like, 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg does not need my empathy. She does not need my attention. Nobody in that position does, but you know who does? The people who are suffering as a consequence of the broken system in, in, in which she, she moves. Yeah. That, that she was a part of. So, like, and, and I'm not trying know. to I be also all, like, crazy radical, galling. like, oh, turn it all off and don't care and just go out on the street, man. Like, but where you focus your time and your energy is it changes things for you, you know? Yeah. I also just think it's galling to say that uh, an associate justice of the Supreme Court was overwhelmingly a force for anything. I mean, good that's or bad. arguable too. You know what yeah. I mean? But I'm not even going to bother arguing those points because, like, okay, so what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's I one thing that has um, annoyed me for several years has been the sort of personality cult that developed around her. Uh, yeah, and we're just seeing that that has made Twitter a very. Um, uh, uh, well, and uh, it's like the personality the quotes that develop of? around around anybody. I mean, what's the theme of this year for us? One of them has been like, "Kill your heroes." Like, right. have no heroes. Like, you shouldn't you shouldn't be invested in these personalities. Like, this is and this is the thing that like we we got accused of, but for which we also got in trouble from the from people is that like worshiping Bernie, for instance. Mm. But we never worship Bernie, you know, like what's that tweet that I that I put out like he's our he's the he's the mech that we're trying to drive. And if it breaks right. down and it stops working, we're hopping out like mm-hmm. it, it <laughs> it's 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 a means to an end. Like I don't worship Bernie and like Bernie's done a bunch of stuff that I disagree with, yeah. like moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the, it, it it does it, it is this like part of our natural human brains where we want to turn everything into like a high school fight or, or like a drama or a popularity contest yeah some sort of sporting event that's the only yeah, thing americans that's understand is some sort of sports contest <laughs> <laughs> but like because they, they can't they've imagine got going five to up a, on the board and they could get a sixth <laughs> They can't imagine anybody going to a game and being like not cheering for one team or the other, yeah. not cheering for one player, which over is the unfortunately other. the role that I have played in my whole life. Just going to the game and being like, this doesn't matter. None of this matters. This is a waste of time. <laughs> Wait, why am I here? But not yeah. even going to the game. You're forced to be at the game. Right. That's the problem. Like, yeah. It's not like you decided to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the difference between a game and life. <laughs> yeah. People telling me I have to be sad about the game that I have no control over. Like, ah. <laughs> what a feeling that would be, right? Mm-hmm. Just like everyone who's like not talking about your sports team, you go on Twitter and you tell them like you have how to, they have no empathy. Aaron, you have to buy a ticket to the game. You have to do it. If you don't buy a ticket to the game, uh, you will destroy America. No, oh, and you deserve of destroying you deserve America. what you get. <laughs> we've noticed the trend um that uh you you shared this this very good yeah. very good tweet you yeah know? it's it's a uh um it's it's a series of tweets about an article in the financial times a sterling outlet that we just love um mm, yes written by one henry paulson Pound sterling outlet yeah um <laughs> Henry Paulson, who who used to be the U.S. Treasury Secretary, but more importantly before that was the CEO of Goldman Sachs, um, mm. wrote an opinion in the environment section of the uh, Financial <laughs> Times entitled, We need a new asset class of healthy soils and pollinators. Valuing nature as we do traditional goods and service will help us face 21st century environmental risks. 
Um, Can I just say something before you pop off? Oh here? yes, please. Yes. <laughs> to me, this is like the most um, neoliberal brained thing that happens. Where yes, we can convince, and and this tells you the 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 lack of value in persuasion in this way that like mm. we are so successful at persuading people that healthy soils and pollinators are important like that's yes yes everyone's starting to believe that healthy soils and pollinators are important and the neolib brain goes yes i believe that now mm-hmm. i will make money off of it yeah like that's Says the here. first thing that they jump to says here and i'm gonna need you to prepare to roll a a dice for psychological damage um (laughs) harnessing the power of markets can protect our environments and protect its rapid destruction ideology i would prefer oh boy look yeah and then uh uh then sort of finishes with this. Our core message is simple. We must develop innovative financial mechanisms that transform the goods and services provided by nature into asset classes. Whoa. Uh, so we were, <laughs> we were I riffing to go on this. outside to the goods, the goods and services tree and yeah. pick, pick some goods and services. I, lo- for I my love dinner. to check Robin hood <laughs> to see what air futures are this week. <laughs> Checking in, checking in on my uh, waters investment. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, <laughs> listen, I got into Robinhood and I bought some. I bought some redwood futures, but I forgot have to you, sell them before you, the month ended, and now I have to take delivery of a redwood. Have you seen the new the new aquifer IPO? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. No, it's great. I love it. It's cool. Uh, yeah. They're they're opening up a new a new tranche of um atmosphere <laughs> over northern France. <laughs> it's just so what's so crazy is we joke about this, but like this is actually happening. And this is e- something ETF that stands I've been... for exchange traded fungi. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ringing that bell. The, the oh, This gosh. this is something that I've been like shouting from the rooftops forever and like, I feel like nobody has ever listened to me. Like mm. I don't know whether it's like they can't conceptualize it or they don't understand the gravity of it or they think I'm a loon. Um mm-hmm. but like I've been for for years <laughs> I've been talking about this like I have a I have a um a oh gosh what's it called like the like a a vengeful relationship against someone like Mm. uh they're like my nemesis is this family called the resnicks Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) in in california who own Stuart resnick uh, yeah they they own like they're like agribusiness people oh lovely Um, and they own like palm wonderful and the the wonderful pistachios. Oh yeah, the, those that are marketed very hipply to uh, yeah. hipsters and things like that. Fiji water. They own so they you know they buy water in a Pacific island and ship it across the giant ocean right. to be sold in America in, in plastic bottles. So mm-hmm. um, they are the worst people. Um, and and yeah, the huge I'm, democratic I'm donors, at some of the pictures which tells here. you everything. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of the pictures here, and there is uh, what can only be described as a complete desert into which there are a bunch of wooden stakes with plants. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's starting an orchard. Yeah. Um, great. <laughs> well, that's how you got to start them. You know, you got to take it. You got to you got a flat plane of yeah, sand. You wanna, you, listen, if you want to. This is how you develop land value is you start from some place where there's no vegetation and you just add vegetation. 
and use so a ton I, of water. <laughs> I mean, I put a bunch of articles in here. I'm not going to go over them, but I would adjure you to read them, um, talking about them. And there's a documentary about this called Water and Power, a California heist. Mm. Uh, there's link in the show notes to where you can find places to watch this. Um, you should probably watch it. Maybe we should watch it, do a show where we watch it and talk. I kind of hate doing those things, but uh, it, it would kind of be interesting. Um, but anyhow, the moral of the story is what they're doing is they they have this huge agribusiness, but that is only part of what they're doing. What they're really doing is they're building a superstructure to financialize natural resources. Cool. Cool. So this is they, just this is just that bit from Spaceballs where he has the can of air that he breathes <laughs> that he cracks open to breathe. And that's gonna have to be the even, show art. <laughs> it's even yeah. It's even worse than that because uh what they're doing, so they were heavily criticized for it, but they realize they got into agriculture basically because they realized that there are public resources. Mm-hmm. that get funneled into agriculture because it's seen as a public good that they can siphon away. So they realize that like, it's hard to get water in California, right? Like water's expensive. It's a limited resource. We go through huge droughts, mm-hmm. but you know who in California gets free water? Mm. Agriculture. Cool. We divert a ton of our water toward agriculture for, for, yeah. I mean, you know, obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's basically no accounting for it. Mm. So mm. you can basically suck as much water as you want. And in the past, you only took the water that you needed to grow your crops because that's what your business was. Mm-hmm. But what their business is, is to suck water for crops, but also suck water to put into giant underground storage containers mm-hmm. so that they can hold it as an asset and then financialize it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just which is I'm just, just mind blowing. They're creating reading. a water bank that they own. Yeah, <laughs> does I'm that just, does anybody realize how crazy that is? Yeah, I, I'm just the water I'm just should go reading. to the aquifer and then you all pump it out. No, they're creating their own aquifer that only they own. Yeah, <sighs> I'm, I'm just reading the list of brands that they own, and it's like the the it's it's all the trendy brands, and it's yeah. just I mean I guess it should it should not be as surprising to me as it is that they're all uh, deeply problematic as it turns out, but you know. <laughs> It's, yeah. I don't buy any of those brands. This is like one of those times where I become extremely consumerist mindset. Like, and it's just, I mean, I know it has no, di- it makes no difference, but like morally, I cannot I, you know, live with it, myself buying right. from these people. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it clears your conscience, even if, you know, they're not, they're not, listen, they're not suffering because you didn't buy a $4 bag of cuties, but yeah. Yeah. Still, still <laughs> though, you know, you can buy, I don't know, cuties produced with uh, less water or whatever from someone local. <laughs> I don't know. I'm anyway. trying to grow my own is what I'm trying to do. Here. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. But there and, and this I, I need to mention this again because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't hear me when I said this. They're huge donors to the Democratic Party. Mm hmm. This this is where hmm, I wonder if Democratic that might affect Party the incentives money. of Democratic lawmakers. Gee, I wonder why Diane Feinstein doesn't seem to care too much about climate change or a Green New Deal. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder what it could be. Yeah. I wonder, you know. <laughs> yeah. And this all goes into like this all goes back to season one, episode one. We'd mentioned the, the this. The first one, baby. The very first episode of this show where we talked we, about we Diane don't Feinstein. Miss. We don't miss, they, except for all the times we do miss, but we don't miss. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I we should brag about this, you know, because yeah. it's. <laughs> but she turned away these kids from Sunrise Movement that came to her office and called, and they called them jackbooted tots. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, you oh. know, I, it's good you mentioned that because I thought that was something we made up. But it's even more ridiculous to remember that that is a thing that they called. They called them jackbooted tots. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be influenced. I don't. I think it was her campaign or service. Yeah, I right. Don't know, yeah. But- it was her side of the yeah, we argument. Will, we will not sure. be blackmailed by a bunch of jackbooted tots or so. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. But right. it's all it is all it is all really funny to think that her and like Nancy Pelosi, who's the Speaker of the House, mm-hmm. who resides in California, she's from San Francisco, where the sky's red. You know, it's we're all we're all feeling so special today because in Cal in most of California we can actually breathe air. Right, the um, sky is back to being a shade of blue. Yeah, I mean, there's still like a, a halo of smoke around, but like I can breathe without having an asthma attack, which is something that I experienced for the first time in my life oh, cool. uh, a, a week or two ago, yeah. um, which was just fun. Like I never thought I would. Um, I've never had asthma. I've never had breathing issues, but um, I guess working on my garden very shortly in the morning was uh, killed Enough. me almost. Yeah, cool. It was very bad. Um. But thank you, Diane Feinstein and uh, Nancy Pelosi, for not taking uh, climate change seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but but anyhow, I don't know. The fires are going on, and there's something that I wanted to put down here because, uh, and this gets back into that thing that everything has to become tactical framing. It has to become an arg. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this thing that like. Trump says the fires are caused by forest management. Yeah. Poor forest management. Poor for, yeah. And then Dems go, uh-uh, it's caused by climate change. Yeah. And it's then like, they, well, then he listen, goes, you see. Uh-uh, forest I, management. Uh-uh, I think climate change. The thing is, those both sound like sort of attractive turns out things where it's like, wow, you see, the fire was actually caused because uh, we did not go through and clean out the brush and all that. Um, which it might be an immediate cause, but I think you're aiming to describe the cause as something much deeper here. <laughs> the real cause is our economic, political, and social system, which is based on the lie that we can rob, kill, and consume without consequence. It's capitalism. Folks, get That's in. It. Get in, loser. We're doing permanent growth. <laughs> we must always be growing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's a thing that we all know in our hearts can't be true here's, here's the thing we all Aaron, know I that have it goes against news. the laws of physics i have good news permanent growth means that we will eventually deforest the entire state of california and then there'll be no forest to catch on fire anymore <laughs> we did it we did it <laughs> oh man hopefully one day i'll live to see it we got him <laughs> <laughs> then you know after that happens it must have been a torrent of water <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just oh wait a minute oh no is that the consequences of my actions oh no <laughs> i'm being swept oh, no. away in a mudslide the, the entire state is a mudslide <laughs> we the all entire look state like that is mud, washed that, into the sea <laughs> we all look like that guy in the mudland on Candyland. you know yeah. who's just like a kid. <laughs> yeah oh, dear. um but yeah it's like th- there's this fiction that capitalism re- relies on that like it cannot ever be questioned because then you the fragility is revealed and it's scary. But it's like we're eating our children's bread. We're sucking away their air. We're filling the world with refuse and waste. Like we know it in our bones. We know what we're doing is that we're just shitting on the future. Well, you might be. We know I, it. I recycle. 
So, oh, well, I and I don't use plastic straws and I don't buy from the 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 one. Yeah, I don't listen. I don't buy any sort of pomegranates. So there you go. (laughs) I only I whenever I see someone drinking almond milk, I sneer at them uh, because, you know, the water. But uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's this thing that like it's this refusal to consider like all the harm that we we do to others Mm -hmm. so that we can maintain our lifestyle. And then well, we're it's surprised. Been, it's, it's been so ingrained in happen. us that there's like there's no alternative to capitalism, right? Because it's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, go back to feudalism? Pff, I don't think so. You know, and it's like, well, listen, you know, other countries How tried communism, and you feudal, see, feudal, feudal, yeah, yeah, feudalism is when is when no iPhone, only donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is just why voting's so important. We just we all got to get together and vote that we're not doing climate change anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm voting against office. capitalism. <laughs> I'm voting against. <laughs> vote, this is vote like, no so... on Prop One against capitalism, and we will abolish <laughs> it once and for all. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put an anarchic state in in place via the the prop system. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're just, yeah, it's just a sort of learned helplessness that permeates literally every aspect of our lives where it's like, oh, we're changing things. Well, I don't know how. I don't know what it would look like. And it seems like it would be too hard. So better just keep doing what I've been doing. Uh, Well, and then it's not even that because that would be, I, I, I guess that would kind of be better than where we're at because where we actually get to is people who must defend that that well, right. the yeah the, it's, their uh, head in the sand like right. no no my head is in the sand for a reason and if you don't have your head in the sand you're the bad one actually <laughs> yeah you get you know you get folks like uh ben shapiro who are like you know wow actually uh capitalism has produced the uh most value uh in human history uh so well, uh therefore ipso facto <laughs> It's funny that you say that because I wasn't even thinking of Ben Shapiro. Mm. I was thinking of people like Sean McAwee. Oh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Sean McAwee, who was like, oh, well, you know, we need to temper progressives. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. Save it for the show. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll get we to listen. Him. We'll get to Sean we, McAwee. We have a stack on, of papers on him that yeah. we're, we're piling I'm up on the I'm compiling a dossier on Sean McAwee. <laughs> That'll come. We can't. We can't. Listen, we can't do it all in one show. We can't. We can't do one show and then afterwards, you guys are like that. Dog Here. ate every speck of that avocado. <laughs> right, we, we can't do keep e- you coming e- back, every speck of the news. I, you know, a- Aaron, I have information that will lead to the arrest of Sean McElwee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but that, that uh, would be a good point to end the show. But sadly, we have more. <laughs> You know what though? The, the I put this this at the last because there's a little bit of hopefulness in this. Oh. Um so there, you know, this, here you go, folks. This show is a sandwich. There, <laughs> there's this really good article in um Foreign Policy mm-hmm. from or from uh Malka Older. I hope I'm saying that name right. Mal- Malka Older. Mm-hmm. Older. Um the only people panicking are the people in charge. Hmm. And they make a really good point that, you know, Trump's excuse for why he didn't take the coronavirus seriously in public, you know, yeah, and, why he tried and, to play it down and, was uh, that it would cause panic. Right. And also to quickly add on to this, there was the uh, revelation this week that the uh, Postal Service had plans to mail uh, cloth face masks to every household in America. 
Um, and the government nixed it because they were like, well, we don't want to, we, we don't want to cause panic or anything. I'm sure that's, yeah, you know, that might be their reason on paper, but. I'm and that's sure why Bob reasons. Woodward yeah. struggled over, over releasing the tapes of, of Trump and it had nothing to do with his upcoming book deal. It was just, right. you know, wow, what a grave responsibility. We don't want to cause a public panic, you know, maybe. Yeah, I don't, right. I, listen, I don't want to um, cause panic here, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the thing is like. As early as 1954, E.L. Quantronelli, uh, who later founded the Disaster Research Center, had enough data to suggest that panic after disaster was uncommon. Studies of disasters from hurricanes to snowstorms, isolating people on highway rest stops to collapse of the World Trade Center of 9-11 show that the public does not panic, does not run screaming, and typically reacts in a reasonably rational way. In fact, studies show that people tend to react in highly social ways after a catastrophe. The first assistance victims almost invariably come from non-professionals and affected people tend to come together and organize to improve their situation. And this author goes through like several instances where they witnessed that um af- after like natural yeah. disasters or catastrophic events I, I mean it's like i don't know what they do they expect that we're just going to run around with our arms in the air like screaming because i mean this is the thing is like the whole thing is we ha- when we are panicked we have a flight or fight response but that response is part of figuring out what the most rational action is to take at that time like people make fun of the fact that everyone went out to buy toilet paper but like at the time that seemed like a thing you would want to do <laughs> like you, you I, I you know whether people were stocking up unnecessarily or not it still is a good idea to stock up on things if you're being told that you know um you might not be able to go out for quite a long time to get stuff within the normal time frame so well yeah. and the point is why was there a why was there a rash of toilet paper Mm-hmm. Be, why didn't the people who knew <laughs> that right. we're going to need supplies work in the supply chain to make them more available or to ration it? Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking because too they about, were more you know, worried like, about the panic than they were about helping people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm they thinking didn't too. want to change our perception. You know, it was recently the anniversary of the September 11th attacks, and I'm thinking back to when those happened. There was an explosion of people donating blood at blood banks, um, which ended up being yeah. largely unnecessary in the sense that there, you know, people expected there to be a lot more injured than there actually were. But it still was, you know, it had a, a major effect. And I think, you know, given that blood banks are almost always um, asking for people to donate more blood, um, probably got them to a place where they were pretty happy for at least a little while there. <laughs> but that's the sort of, you know, th- that's that's how people responded. Um, but the interesting the interesting turns out of this article um, is that it's actually the reaction of the elites and the people in charge that causes the problems which they claim to to be natural human tendencies. So, for instance, in a- uh, they talk yeah. about what happened in um, St. Louis after Hurricane Katrina. Um, reading here, Kathleen Blanco first called off the emergency response and then threatened to shoot to kill orders in response to the problem of looting, which is later reported showing showed was highly exaggerated. Similarly, police from neighborhood neighboring parishes blocked evacuees from New Orleans from from entering, firing shotguns over their heads because of their fears of, quote unquote, the criminal element, (laughs) (laughs) which is just so ironical because they're the ones shooting shotguns over their heads. Now, based on those exaggerated reports of looting and mayhem, the impacts of this, as Tierney notes, 
included the direct damage to people who were frightened or unable to scavenge for food. Tierney asked how much resident to resident helping behavior was prevented or suppressed because people were afraid to venture out to help their neighbors out of fear of being killed or arrested. Mm -hmm. So see, it's the reaction to we must control the people because they're, they're bad and they will misbehave that causes the problems, not the natural way that people people behave and this is like something that i've been thinking about more and more that like people are not naturally bad right <laughs> i i think this speaks to the attitude that the ruling class sort of has that we're all just sort of a bunch of big dumb idiots like sheep wandering yeah. around and we can't we like we don't know what to do unless someone gives us instructions but it's like you see time and time again that people uh, just figure it out because it turns out we all want to survive as best we can. So, you know, things, things and, get done. <laughs> and that's the thing that life you can't, goes on. You can't, you can't have both solidarity and a, an elite capitalism like we have in coexisting. Mm -hmm. And so they recognize that the solidarity is a threat, even if it threatens to completely destroy the world. Mm -hmm. And they may think, because I, I, I don't think all of this is necessarily like overtly malicious that people in power, when they assert their, their power, that it is overtly malicious. They, they actually have convinced themselves to believe that they know better and that they need to control people. But it also has the convenient side effect, which they know in their subconscious, they know somewhere in there that it also helps the bottom line, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that they also can't let something happen that will that will upset the system that they benefit from. Right. Um, and so but but I think where where this is hopeful is it kind of highlights to us what the answer is. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of posting about um, RBG all day and being emotionally distraught about the election the the best thing to do is to build solidarity with the people in your life mm -hmm. to to build your communities to to actually like start to try to treat people well to build you know your compassion to to so try to make a better world like materially and fundamentally like where you're at yeah. um and that that will benefit <laughs> and then that will that will help you feel good because you will see that when you do that 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 it it it's reciprocated like and it doesn't mean that like the world is going to be like sunshine and rainbows because <laughs> mm -hmm. it certainly isn't that's not the world we live in mm -hmm. but but i think that's that's a lot better than just spinning and spinning and spinning and and losing your mind on the internet you know what i mean does that make sense yeah right yep d d don't doom scroll <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't dream scroll. Please, I beg of you. I beg of you. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing